welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, we'll go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us. It really helps other people discover us. And we always welcome feedback or communication on our social media. We're FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook and Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram. And if you want to support us by throwing us a few dollars on Kofi, that's also super helpful. Well, hello. We love- huh? Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, oh, you startled me. <laughs> Nice to see you. Great to see you. Great. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're going to. Everyone's been waiting for us to talk about the slap. I know. Um, Clamoring. We'll get to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're also going to speak about uh, Queen Katanji. Um, Mm -hmm. We missed a week um, (laughs) because of my bowels, but we are. I'm not going to, you know, norovirus. I'm I'm not going to hide from it. We're all no, humans. Nor should you. Yeah. You know, sometimes we vomit, sometimes we shit. Um, <sighs> sometimes both at once, sometimes for days. But we rally and we come back and we talk about the slap. Yes, we do. We do not let a nasty bout of norovirus get us down no. and take away slap discourse. <laughs> Absolutely not. The discourse is thick. It is continuing <laughs> to escalate. Um yeah. I, I read discourse about how people are tired of hearing about it, yet I continue to read the discourse, so I feel that others are also continuing, despite themselves, to um, to be quite interested. Yes, and I also want to point out that because we are all the, – the, the cynical Twitter cycle has basically started with uh, – it began the night of the slap, where – people were like, I'm already sick of this discourse. And I was like, hang on a second. It just happened. No way. <laughs> we get a little discourse. <laughs> Let us have this. Like, Not that it's even fun, but like I I was like searching, keyword searching on po- other podcasts being like, who else is chattering, chitter chattering about this? I must have it. <laughs> we must. Um, so yeah, we will, we will dive into that. Um, we want – I don't even um there have been war crimes and atrocities happening in Ukraine um some really sickening heart-wrenching things have been going on continue to go on um and we will speak more to what's going on over there in a future episode but we don't want to sort of deny the weight of it by giving it like a minute right now you know although mm-hmm. I guess that's literally what I'm doing um <laughs> no you're like we're it's an acknowledgement like we this it's a we see you but I mean but it's like we are watch we are watching this mm-hmm. and taking it in it's horrific and I guess I've just been hoping that there's something that something there's been a breakthrough so we can talk about something with a positive spin but we'll probably just have to wade through all of it yeah just get into it soon yeah it's quite quite devastating what's um what's going on and being reported and um equally troubling how much putin is denying and um when we have satellite images yeah <laughs> now that you know but with technology it's interesting how we have 
access to facts in a way we didn't before and you know um but we'll we'll talk about that further in another another episode we just wanted to acknowledge it because with the weight and the gravity of what's going on over there it feels wrong not to but you know right at the same time we're not giving it enough time to really get into it so we're just flagging um a future <laughs> episode i suppose yeah yeah precisely and you know there's been it really had there has been so much going on um in united states politics i mean some of our wcus will touch on on things but really it's it's been a busy a busy we see you filled couple of weeks and it seems like we're only going to it's that that train is only going to pick up momentum as we um, hurdle towards the midterms try as we might to slow the crazy train um it's gonna get worse <laughs> it is I know, just like ba2 might do some sketchy things oh we've got, don't know. even don't you Ooh, dare <laughs> will we have a nice summer <laughs> maybe never again wow don't even nope nope my friend is getting married in may and if we aren't going this time i don't i mean i just oh is this uh espana yeah oh gosh i really yeah i hope so i think i think i mean yeah 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 just keep them fingers crossed my poor friend has had to postpone twice already and just covid brides you all you were a covid bride and gosh maybe i will be who knows i mean i know really how long is this gonna <laughs> maybe we'll all be covid brides <laughs> now <sighs> okay well so we got to see each other in person actually oh um, my god it was so fun and nice it was wonderful so just so such, fun so fun such such positivity so energy giving um and it was funny because when you left um the academy awards were on like maybe an hour later Mm -hmm. and little did we all know that there was actually something you know i'm the only one in like was watching it actually we were joking about it where it's like oh maria always watches it as it's happening fully through right um you know and i had intentions of watching the highlights and whatever but i did regret when i woke up the next morning it's like not being a part of <laughs> the initial moment. Um, I mean, you, you didn't really miss any. I mean, like the being a part of the moment. As soon as from sure, like how did you how did you find out about it? Were you on Twitter? Like how did that? This, how did the slap make its way to you? Gosh, I don't know. I usually start my. How do I even start my my searches? Usually, I start with like <laughs> NPR. <laughs> Um, and then go to like Facebook because I'm 90 years old. Uh, I don't really get any updates there. It's just like, oh, my uncle posted a picture of his dogs. Cool. Um, but I believe I learned about the slap from, um, I think just like checking my, my morning news and being like, wait, what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I get up early with the bebet and I always like, I check the news first thing in the morning. Um, and I, was reading about that and then I was texting you and I was like is there other stuff I missed (laughs) what what else do I need to do but it was very um shocking uh certainly and surprising to see beloved Will Smith um open hand slapping Chris Rock and um yeah 
Yeah, right. Um, in the moment, it was really shocking. And, you know, for U.S. audiences, they had muted it. But you could see, like, Will Smith's mouth was leaving. You know, I knew you knew he was saying, Keep like, my wife's name on your fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah. Twice. Yeah, that was clear. Um, and I didn't think, like, from the first, I mean, I didn't think it was a bit. Because bits aren't muted out. There's just, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it looked so awkward. And people looked so uncomfortable. Um, poor Lupita Nyong'o <laughs> sitting behind Will Smith. <laughs> no. Like, if you're in that moment, it's like you know that you're being filmed, but it's like, how do I maintain? <laughs> What's my face doing? Um, so, as everyone knows, so there doesn't really need to be a like factual recap, but Chris mm-hmm. Rock insulted Jada Pinkett Smith. He made a joke. Um, G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. Um, it was in a reference to um, the way that Jada Pinkett Smith looked because um, she had a beautiful green dress, but is had is bald, um, but due to alopecia, um, mm-hmm. or she's suffering from alopecia, and she's been open about that. Um, unclear whether or not Chris Rock knew that, um, but he was making a joke, and Will Smith laughed initially, mm-hmm. and then he looked at his wife and sort of saw... <laughs> how upset she was or her kind of like fatigue and frustration and just sort of like trying to let it roll off her. But that is what I noticed in real time. I noticed mm-hmm. her face and I thought like, these are always awkward moments where you can tell like people get their feelings hurt when they're mm-hmm. insulted. <laughs> yeah, um, it's crazy. It's almost like we're human beings. Right. Wild how that happens. And so yeah. I know I kind of like in that moment, the camera pan to her, I thought, Ooh, I feel like that's, I don't understand what that joke was about and I honestly forgot what G.I. Jane actually even looked like so I Demi just, Moore buzz. I, <laughs> I it took me like that took me like a minute it wasn't the best joke up. in the world it wasn't the no. best joke in the world no one's gonna argue it was. no so yeah so I was I was fully confused as but I, I but it was enough to be like she's hurt for some reason maybe it's an inside joke whatever I also didn't know about the alopecia um mm-hmm. in the moment um anyway so <laughs> that um, I'll just say that my, my take that was from the, mo- like my instant take has not changed. Like horror, disgust, disappointment, sadness, and ultimately like fatigue, but just being like, you should never, there should never be a fear of violence or assault, um, at, at ever. But like when you're a performer, like that's that's it that's the end of the that's end of sentence no violence Mm -hmm. no assault that was wrong um but I have learned a lot more about the context of and and I was I was initially pretty um shocked and kind of icked out by the by a lot of reactions like that were from black women predominantly defending Will Smith and and saying like you know, it was defending his wife against ridicule publicly. Um, and because that's so rare, or, um, and I'm like paraphrasing a number of tweets that were saying, because that is so rare for black women, they were, it was to be celebrated. And it were, it was, at least it felt good. And it was, even Roxane Gay wrote sort of ultimately that she wasn't going to be super bothered by this. She kind of was just like, it's okay to have your feeling. Like she wrote a, an op-ed that was like in defense of, um, thin skin in defense of thin skin and I I liked that that was great that was so well written and it it helped me understand kind of 
what that perspective, like a kind of a broader context for that perspective. So, and I think that, and what I think this, this timing inadvertently is so apt as we talk about Katanji Brown Jackson and all the disrespect that she has endured um, during her hearings. So at the hands of Republicans and Democrats, frankly, and, and their inability to stand up for her, um, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it is a sad state of affairs that um, I, Black women specifically in this country feel um, right, rightly, or like I can, I understand <laughs> why they feel like this is a moment where there was some protection of, of them. And I can't sit here and say like, and I can't sit here and judge that, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And my, I mean, <clears throat> my instantaneous reaction would, it's a little different because I wasn't watching it live. You know, it's like I um, was reading about it later, which I feel like lends itself to, you know, but I, I, I kind of felt in the, when I was reading about it after the initial, like, what did you do, Fresh Prince? <laughs> uh, <laughs> was... I was thinking about, okay, if I put myself in Jada's shoes, how, which I can't, um, because I'm not Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, mm-hmm. but if there were something that I were struggling with, um, and it was publicly made fun of how I would feel and how I'd feel about my husband slapping someone in the face about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought back to, again, a completely not the same situation in the slightest, um, and I'm also, spoiler alert, a white woman, and I don't have to deal with the same kinds of things that black women do. Um, but I, I thought of this time when I was, like, bending over in front of my apartment building, and when you bend over, your butt's out, right? And someone driving by, like, said something really lewd and really, like, upsetting. Mm-hmm. And my husband at the time, not my husband, but um, he almost, like, went chasing after the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hated it. And I was like, mm-hmm. don't draw more attention to this. I do not want this. Please stop. Mm-hmm. You're not, this isn't about me anymore. You know, like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. However, you know, there are certain situations where I would want him to stick up for me in different yeah. ways, you know. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, my feelings about Will Smith's reaction, I mean, I have, you should never, yeah, you should never slap someone in the face. Um, that being said, we, <laughs> do culturally celebrate like oh a nazi got slapped or this or that so we have to decide where is the line because it's not black and white like we do allow and celebrate violence sometimes Mm -hmm. when we feel like the other person deserved it um so i think that's something to consider as well Mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day i would like i would love to know what jada thought and what she wanted her husband to do like, was he feeling guilty about laughing and that guilt drove him to slap? Did she whisper to him, slap him, slap him in the face? And then he went to, sl- <laughs> you know, it's like, I would feel yeah. more, my feelings toward it would shift based on what she wanted in that moment, but we don't have that information. Um, so yeah, ideally you don't slap somebody. And Chris Rock's brother said he didn't know, Chris didn't know that she had alopecia. Mm-hmm. Um, I also didn't know. Um, I she obviously went on and spoke about it at length, and it was something that was known to a lot of people. Um, missed me, uh, missed yeah. you. Yeah. So I do think it's feasible that he didn't know um, about it. 
uh, it's still not great to make a joke at the expense of a black woman and her hair. Right. And um, he produced a documentary. He produced a documentary. Good hair. About, he's about black women and their hair. Yeah. And then he went out and did, you know, it's like, you know, I do believe that he didn't know she had alopecia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still, I mean, it's not a good joke, you know? I know he should have gotten slapped. Right. Um, but I don't think it was, you know, it's like, I don't feel like anyone was right there. No. <laughs> um, Will Smith seems to be more in the wrong, but at the same time, like Tiffany Haddish saying like, it's the most beautiful thing she's ever seen, like standing up for your wife in that way. And, um, yeah, I can relate to that to an extent, but I would rather myself, I would rather stand up for myself or have my husband ask me if I want him to intervene. You know, I don't just want some, I don't want him to just go out and and act on my behalf, you know? Right. I mean, I think that Jada can stand up for Jada very Mm -hmm. much. And she has. Kristen hit Jada, you know? Right. Right. And we do have to draw the line. I mean, I would rather there, and I think I'm fairly confident you agree with this, um, considering your stance on stepping on ants, um, <laughs> that like- Try Rylan, not to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would rather draw the line at like, then we don't, you know, if we don't, we no violence then, like if it's, we don't slap Nazis and then we don't slap each other when they, when there's a bad, when there's a joke in poor taste, we cannot be condoning this. I mean, I think- from a perspective like that night, I was really, really disappointed in the way the Academy handled it. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't expect, I didn't have large expectations. They seem relatively um, just generally sort of um, cowardly in the way that they handle things. And I could imagine this being a case where even the head of the Academy wouldn't really have the balls to like make an executive decision because it's syndicated through ABC and like I can see this being everyone just like kicking it up 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 and you know the decision makers were probably sitting in the you know sitting at the Oscars and like suddenly someone needs to actually access them for like an important time sensitive decision about whether or not to ask Will Smith to leave I think it's really interesting that it comes out a couple days later they did ask him to leave he said no and frankly I don't, I, I've thought a lot about this. It's like, I really think he needed to have left. I, I think they, I think he needed to have been removed because this, the, to allow him to accept an Academy Award. I mean, I think he should still have been given the award. It's not like he didn't not earn it, you know, he could still get it, but to have him be able to have the platform later and he got a standing ovation, um, to use language of abusers, as many have pointed out, um, including the pop culture happy hour team on NPR, um, was really upsetting to me. Like he said, love will make you do crazy things. And mm-hmm. Denzel Wash he referenced Denzel Washington saying like, you know, it's when you're at your peak that the devil comes for you. And like, I'm kind of like, um, oh my gosh, Richard Williams, like, which by mm-hmm. the way, can we just, God, poor Serena and Venus Williams, yeah. like these men in their lives and like getting more quest love, shit getting <sighs> overshadowed. Quest love, Summer of Soul, all of the, all, I mean, all of the best, the documentaries this year were terrific. No one even, he was like basically so, I mean, you, you watched it too. I mean, his, his acceptance speech was, he understandably was just like still processing what had just happened. I mean, mm-hmm. 
that's so unfair to him and to his family and to the team. Apparently also, just as another side note, um, I didn't notice this, but um, one of the other producers, I don't have the, the threat, tweet thread um, off the top of my head, but um, Chris Rock, who obviously was super rattled in that moment, said like, yeah. read like Questlove and he said, and three white guys or something in terms of the producers, which is mm-hmm. disrespectful just at its core because like they deserve to have their names read if they're receiving an Academy Award. Just that's, if they all are getting awards, you read all of their names. I'm pretty sure that's what happens unless it's like a huge team or something. But, or like, if you're just saying Questlove, say Questlove. But also one of the guys, the guy who said the tweet thread was like, I'm not, I'm not white. I'm, I'm, um, like East Asian and I'm only one of three East Asians to win tonight, you know, like that actually yeah. was a big deal. And I didn't appreciate being like, you really diminished me in a, in a way that, you know, it was just yet another way that like that night just went sour. Um, yeah. That's like, a fucking bum. I mean, beyond a bummer to be <laughs> cat, like thrown away and categorized as just oh just another white person like, i'm not even white man like right. one of the few east asian people to have won an award tonight and that's a race now and um and one thing i wanted to just i had i kept reading that the that chris rock said that will smith should stay but that didn't happen mm-hmm. um he was never asked mm-hmm. chris rock was never asked about that um because if chris rock did say oh i want him to stay and he stayed i then i don't really have a problem with him staying i, I do mm-hmm. think still there's an issue with slapping someone but it's also I mean it it felt like Will was like deeply like was hurt and in pain and like something's going on with him and I have empathy for him and I don't think he should be Mm -hmm. canceled and I don't think he will be I don't think beloved you know like I I think people will remember this but I don't think Will Smith is is done for you know I really I really don't um and Chris Rock hasn't really said much about it since then. He said he's, I thought he handled it pretty well. Yeah. Um, really well, actually. Um, I mean, he, as well as you can handle like a, a, a slap coming towards you on at the Oscars. Um, yeah. uh, but he, he had some like stand up since then. And he basically, Chris basically said like, I don't, have all of my thoughts formed around this yet so like i yeah if you want if you're here for the discourse around will smith i don't have it yet because i'm still processing what happened yeah um because it's also like they're both i think a lot of people's takeaway was just sort of like lol a bunch of rich celebrities but like Mm -hmm. will smith is at a higher level than chris rock is you know he has him and his family have a lot more power in hollywood than chris rock is not i mean chris rock has is a very, very, very successful, well-known, established comedian, of course. But Will Smith is like Hollywood gold, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was sort of, there was a weird power thing, too. I, it was just a, a messy, messy um, thing that ended up being about, less about Jada at the end of the day, you know? Right. And interestingly and I don't know like I have to caveat with I've only seen these like I've seen a few articles about this Daily Beast did an article 
um, and a couple of others about um, older stand-up and uh, routines and Chris Rock's history with the with Will Smith and with with Jada. Mm-hmm. And there are stories um, that she jilted him before she was with Will. Like she, you know, so so that was sort of he had a crush on her or he they maybe they went out a couple of times and she just you know she wasn't about it um Mm -hmm. in the 90s and he has made um jokes on uh different talk shows in like the early 2000s about um you know will smith taking taking jobs from him and like as a joke kind of but you know that there's actually kind of a bite behind that Mm -hmm. and then that now will smith's kids are taking my kids jobs you know so things that you would laugh at in the moment but if you're tallying up like kind of the these weird comments and then of course this has been reiterated many times but um there was a 2016 joke that um chris rock made um about jada at the 2016 awards where he said like jada pinkett smith's boycotting because it was the year of the oscars so white and he was like that's like me boycotting rihanna's panties i wasn't invited so it was like kind of a whole like a whole room of predominantly white people laughing at jada and so there's just like and she's not she wasn't it's just like cheap shots at her i think and someone else made the point like unfortunately with um with the oscars and in these scenes like comedians will like often look at whoever's in the front row or in the front and they just will say stuff off the cuff because there's these are the people who are in the front mm-hmm. um and so it's kind of I mean, there were many reasons, and we don't have time for me to get into the litany of ways in which the Academy Awards this year were so weird and disappointing and, like, off. Um, And Mm -hmm. hilariously, I was going through that explanation when the Chris Rock thing happened, basically. I was sort of in a bad mood and had just told Campbell, like, sorry, I'm kind of in a weird mood. I just don't really understand how they're, like, laying out the awards this year, and it's just not it's just like it's feeling very off it's feeling weird and and then yeah. the slap happens but um they had the setup different they had removed a lot of seats in the front so that it wasn't a traditional sort of um theater there was like tables like they split it was almost like the front was like the golden globes where people had a little they had their own little booths and it was just like what are we doing with this like why are why did you do it this way anyway so I just feel like that further isolated some people like Jada and Will were sort of front and center. They may as well have had like a spotlight on them. And it's kind of like, say something about these people. It was upsetting. (laughs) I know it's like at the end of the day, what is the takeaway here? There are so many takes. Um, You know, I think we've addressed a lot of them. There, Oh my God. Judd Apatow had the fucking stupidest take though. Oh yeah. That was like, he could have killed him. <laughs> uh, Judd. Uh, yeah, that, was, that was a dumb one. Yeah, you're moving a little. He ended up deleting it after, but it's like, we don't need your hot take, you know, um, necessarily. I don't think there was a major risk of murder on stage that night. Like, you know, if it was too whitey, would you have said the same thing? Maybe. I don't think so. I don't know. It was just sort of weird. Like, did have a weird tone. You have, yeah, you have all these takes, and you have he could have died. <laughs> Wait, <Yeah. laughs> this is a little little extra. Um, and like, oh, sorry. Go, oh, go, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say on that on that specific take, like I I think you know I sort of understood the at least the point that I 
felt was relevant that he could have said in a different way, which is Will Smith approached Will Smith bigger than Chris Rock. So yeah. it was it was Chris aggression had his hands behind his back. Yeah, it was sort of it was an aggression that was um like threw everyone off I think too because it felt like not like you're I mean you you are kind of quite literally punching down um mm-hmm. at someone. It's anyway. Um but yeah, the killing I, that was that was odd <laughs> and unnecessary. I don't, I don't think that was a big threat um i think like we mentioned earlier i think the fact that chris rock produced good hair or made the documentary good hair and then did that is the most one of the most upsetting parts about it Mm -hmm. what are you what are you doing what do you believe and you know i think there are people who are like well you can joke about anything comedy you know joke about whatever (laughs) it's like maybe but why why this why this joke um and i think there were also a lot of hot takes about you know think about the comedians what about comedians and mm-hmm. there is i think a, a part of that that i definitely um agree with where it's like yeah you can't just go up on stage and punch a comedian because you don't like what they're saying that doesn't set a <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not great for for comedians it's not the right thing to do but um i don't I, don't, I, I think it was bigger than that. I don't know. It was just a hot mess of a of a slap where it's like I don't like I do. I still I, I at the end of the day I like Chris Rock and I like Will Smith. You know. Yeah. Like, I still do like both of them. And yep. um, it's what did I put in bold? Someone someone's hot take that I. The slap illustrates how we don't know celebrities as well as we think and maybe shouldn't try. Um, mm. Which part of me hates because I love to like <laughs> theorize. Excuse you know? me. I know John Mulaney quite <laughs> well. Thank you. I much. know he's going to New Haven, Connecticut in June. And I'm like, whoa. I feel mixed about seeing him now because I really want to. But I'm also like, am I being unfaithful to Anna Marie Tumblr? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But I'm just so curious what he's up to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is part of it is like we've decided that we, we've decided we know Will Smith and Chris Rock and from there we can make you know more decisions and assumptions um we don't um right. Will Smith was like the nice guy golden guy of Hollywood and he is if he was a nice guy before he's still a nice guy like he clearly had quite an emotional response to something he apologized. He acted, you know, out of character and, um, you know, it was a shitty night for him too. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know where this leads us. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know either. I think that's a good point to basically like say, you know, to that a lot of us, I would include myself. It's like, we still like Chris Rock. We still like Will Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, no one's being canceled. Right. No one. I mean, it's, it's, there's, and I feel like I really, what I wish we could all have, a, we could all have a conversation that includes the nuance of like, but some things are simple. Some things are simple. Like mm-hmm. violence is wrong. Like that's, you know, generally, I mean, like in most instances, including this instance, I think I, it was, it's, it's assault. It's not okay. Um, but there's a lot of like nuance to the situation and mm-hmm. 
people deserve second chances. People deserve to um, just be able to kind of come back from that um, and apologize. I, I, I wish he'd apologized uh, to Chris Rock mm-hmm. when he gave his award. I wish he'd perhaps not gone to the Vanity Fair party and like danced and like lived it up. Cause I think, I think the way that the Academy treated it, let him think like, Oh, this is going to go away by tomorrow or just be a small thing. And then he kind of, I think then the next morning he really realized cause everyone was nonstop talking about it. Like, Oh, I'm actually going to have to apologize in a different way. Mm-hmm. Might have to resign. He did end up resigning from the Academy and he said he'd accept any um, other uh, consequences for his behavior. Anyway. Um, I do think that, like, ultimately, resigning from the Academy, a, a, an apology, that's adequate. That's okay. But really, the Academy should take a look at itself and think about, like, they they wanted to go viral so badly. They wanted a viral moment so badly, you know, and they actually mm-hmm. got it, just not the way that they wanted. <laughs> so no, not, not the way that they would have wished for, uh, Yeah, certainly. But, you know, I think if he had apologized directly to Chris Rock in his initial apology, that would have made a world of difference to me. However, mm-hmm. I guess Will Smith doesn't care about my idea. <laughs> Rude. Rude. Uh, but this all happening with the Katanji Brown Jackson hearings, um, I think, is really just lends itself to kind of a potent discussion about um, – how we treat, like by default, I think how we how we treat black women. I mean, mm-hmm. thankfully, it looks like Katanji Brown Jackson will be confirmed. Mm-hmm. She now has all the all fifty Democrats, including fucking Joe Manchin, and mm-hmm. she has Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, and um, Mitt Romney have committed to Thanks, voting Mitt. for her. It's just. All right. <laughs> Hey, little baby boy. Thank you. Um, Thanks. No, she she handled herself incredibly well. And like you say, for women in particular, black women are expected to behave perfectly Mm -hmm. (laughs) at all times in the face of, I mean, the... um, the shit that Katachi uh, was put through, Ted Cruz. God damn that man. <laughs> and his, so I actually, I own the book Anti-Racist Babies. <laughs> so this has been Good. fun for me. You know, Good. the propaganda and still my daughter. It's really not. Is she racist? Is she racist, Darren? Well, I'm That's trying question, to Ted avoid Cruz's. it. I mean, babies, yeah. She's a baby, so she must be, right, Ted? Um, like the book... The book is a nice tool in a variety of whatever. It doesn't say all babies are racist. Good Lord. And the thing is that Ted Cruz was bringing up this book, Anti-Racist Babies, um, because it was in like the library of a school that Katanji is like, is she on the board of or she's involved with in some way? The school mm-hmm. that Ted Cruz's children go to had the same motherfucking book in the library. Yep. Yep. So... He's like acting as if she is calling all babies racist and she's going to start the race war because this book is in the library. It's literally in the library and the school's kids go to. And there's, it's also not this like big, like big scary book that is telling babies they're racist. It's, it's not that. Um, And it was just, 
him, Marsha Blackburn. Oh, oh. she sucks. Yeah, there were um, oh God, what's his face? Literally, my notes. I wrote other, other Josh Hawley, yes, Lindsey Graham, Jowls mm-hmm. McGee, <laughs> Lindsey Graham, who was just like, well, I'm just here to show you how poorly we treated Kavanaugh. Oh my no. God, can you also, imagine? Compare, yeah, compare Kavanaugh to Katanji. If she behaved as he did, <sighs> sniffing and crying and scoffing. And talking back, oh my god. Anyway. Uh, no, she showed so much self-control. And when Ted Cruz was talking about the racist baby shit, she, she took <laughs> a moment. <Yeah>. <laughs> Take a deep breath and choose to rise above. Um, but it was just pure theatrics in the worst way. Um, there were no valid criticisms against her there was some bullshit mm. pulled about how she's like soft on pedophilia when she was not and her you know judicial record is in the majority on her rulings on that mm-hmm. um cory booker actually gave her like quite a nice defense um not that she should have even needed one right uh, but court you know people act like cory is just is kind of a doofus but I, I i do like him i don't know i think he's I like know. a really earnest man he uh, is it's kind of dorky but like yeah i love him i just like, think he's a sweet guy the earnestness i liked it it's but i also was kind of cringing a little like it's uncomfortable it was he uncomfortable feels like <laughs> like a friend's dad who like hasn't quite you know, figuring it out, but like he's there, you know. Yeah, I just, he's I, amping I everyone him, up. <laughs> yeah, I find him endearing, um, dorky for sure. Yeah. But in in this in this hearing, um, I I felt like he stood up for her the best, though. I do. Yeah. I feel like he had her back, um, in a way that I wish more people had. Mm-hmm. Um. So for that, I say Cory Booker, kudos. Yo, something or other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, good for him because he really was the only person. Um, I think Dahlia Lithwick had uh, posted an article um, which was like, aside from Cory Booker, Democrats left Katanji, Braxton, Katanji Brown Jackson stranded. Or no, Cory, she said, Cory Booker aside, Democrats stranded Katanji Brown Jackson, which I felt was, and it was, it's a great article, kind of detailing all the ways in which like we could have the the party could have really been more protective kind of the way the GOP was of Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett um but I do think that Josh Hawley's whole um pedophilia um like getting like frothing over the pedophilia stuff was not only bad faith um, like the focus on on her child child pornography cases, um, and saying that she was too lenient when, like you said, she was eighty percent with... of other judges like yes. ruled the same way as her. Totally, because part of the whole thing is that the um, a lot of the rules around um, litigating on child pornography um, or, or sentencing had has are sort of outdated. It's before the internet, so it's like per picture. Again, this is mm-hmm. getting a little granular, but for people who are downloading tons of pictures or didn't mean to, but downloaded however many or whatever, like 
it's just not feasible to say like per picture it's 10 years because that's like mm-hmm. going to be 20,000 years or I don't know. It just doesn't really match what needs to happen to understand and then sentence that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Holly was saying, he directly said, I'm questioning your discretion and, and your judgment. Um, but, uh, and, and it seemed to really get to her understandably saying like this oh. line of questioning because it's already like such a hard thing to lit like yeah having that thrown at you as if you're soft on child pornographers right and unfortunately and i know that holly knows this i mean i think he's an asshole idiot fucking piece of shit but he he knows what he's doing and it really is dangerous because there's the whole pedophilia thing that um circulates in those QAnon circles and in kind of dark webs of the internet where people believe these types of fake news. And that's what led to someone getting, I think, killed at the that Pizzagate scandal mm-hmm. or Pizzagate incident in D.C. where someone just like thought that Hillary Clinton was running a sex trafficking ring at a pizza shop. And he went in and like just shot people like because mm-hmm. so it's super dangerous to be taking this absolutely bad faith um, interpretation of her record and whipping it up into this type of a frenzy for your stupid, hateful followers. Absolutely. And it goes to show like also how strong her record is. Like Mm -hmm. she, if you look at it, like she's kind of an impeccable fucking candidate, which also speaks to, how, you know, black women have to be the absolute fucking best to be considered for something that old white dudes have been doing forever, you know? Right. Like, she is amazing, and she has done amazing things, and she is brilliant, and she is poised, and she is, like, I have goosebumps. I just, I think she's such a she... such a badass, yes. intelligent, wonderful human. Um, I'm excited to to have her, hopefully, more likely than not. Um, but yeah, these these attacks against her were just so transparently partisan and game-playing. Yeah. Um, and it was just illuminated by the fact that she is so on top of her shit and such a professional. Um, that they were trying to like take their hits, and it was just so clear to me, and I hope to everyone... Um, She's, she's not suffered any fools like she's not standing for it and she is you know gonna be i think an amazing supreme court justice we, we need more of them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a whole lot of power um that we have right now but it was yeah the attack i i don't think i saw a single like valid criticism or critique of her and that, that nope. like there is a purpose to these hearings like you do want to uncover or discuss things like it's a huge position of course it should have like there should have been this discussion um but it was just so evident by the the types of things that these idiots were saying and doing that they had nothing actually on her and they were just trying to rile up their bases rile up their own like ted cruz was just on his re-election campaign oh, yeah. um, and the fact that that is what people want is um, distressing in a whole, you know, plethora of ways. But I mean, she, I think, flawlessly, flawlessly handled everything. Um, and you know, Marsha and Ted and just looked like fucking fools. 
they did look like they did look like fools. And you know what? People did notice. I mean, there was um, a video circulating of Chuck Grassley, who is the literal. He's like so old. God, he's eighty nine, <laughs> I think, right now, and he's running for reelection in Iowa. God damn it, this man. Um, and his. In case you want a like uh, occasional laugh, his Twitter is wild because he's obviously tweeting himself, and he's like, it just doesn't make any sense. He tweets about crows; it's just so weird. Um, also th- like if you're 89 and you're like spry <laughs> and with it, but if you've been in there forever and you're not making sense anymore, yeah. Oh God, him and I'm looking at you, Diane Feinstein, and Dick Durbin. By the way, is also not you know a spring chicken, but um. Someone actually confronted Chuck Grassley at a town hall in Iowa, and it was just this man who said, hey, I voted for you, but, like, I really feel like you guys were not fair to, to, you know, the justice in these hearings, and I think that I don't understand why you're not voting for her. It was sort of like a just – it was refreshing. You know, this is, like, Mm -hmm. just, like, a white dude in Iowa who came to the town hall and was like, I feel like you guys were really unfair to her. I don't understand, like, why you were treating her that way. Um. And just because I want to reiterate and because I feel like everyone should look, um, if you're wondering in terms of her qualifications, like you had said, she is she is actually – there's a great um, graph on the Washington Post, and it's um, how Katanji Brown, Brown Jackson's path to the Supreme Court differs from current justices. And there's just like a block. They have like a grid where you can see all the, the education and their career moments. So – she checks every single box in the career. She's she's has a public high school education, Ivy Ivy League law school, Supreme Court clerking, public defender, sentencing commission, district judge, and court of appeals. So that was uh, what is that? Seven different things. The next most qualified person is Breyer, who has who checks like five of the seven boxes, and he's retiring. Um, and then. It looks like a bunch of them have have checked three out of these seven boxes. But so she is like head and shoulders above everyone else. And in case mm-hmm. you're wondering, Barrett only checks two of the boxes. She was a she had a Supreme Court clerkship and she was a court of appeals judge for like one year. Um, so but she's Jesus's best friend. So oh, I'm so Where's glad you box? mentioned that um, because Graham brought up the whole thing about On her a scale religion. of one to ten. <sighs> Lindsey Graham. I mean, who was the the question of who was the worst in these hearings? The worst behaved, the most unfair, the most bad faith, the I most don't disgusting. Know because I, don't, I couldn't like. Them. Do you go by who you're more surprised by, or do you go by you know? Like I don't know. <laughs> but Lindsey Graham, there's also a part of me that has like an empathy for him. I feel like he is. I don't have much empathy for him, mm-hmm. but I do feel like he is living a fucking lie, and I just, mm, I don't know. Yeah. But Lindsay, like like we were alluding to, basically asked her like how religious she is on a scale of one to ten. And his point in all of this was how unfair it was that we were asking Amy Coney Barrett questions about her faith. However, <laughs> there's a difference mm. in that, you know, how Amy Coney Barrett went about speaking about her faith um, on the record literally alluded to potential conflicts whereas there's nothing like that for justice brown um her religion is predicated on having someone else who she goes to for counsel on all things amy coney barrett exactly yeah she needs a man 
to so it's it's very fucking different and like yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head the exact religious beliefs of all of the current sitting supreme court justices but my gut instinct tells me they all have some <laughs> right <laughs> you yeah. know um and so Lindsay was trying to be like oh like, like, mm, so unfair it's like no it's it's so frustrating the way that the the right does this where they try to equivocate things that are so 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 wildly different not even the same planet mm-hmm. and then people still fucking vote for it like i do not know what it is going to take like i understand there will always be people in the world in the country who lean conservatively mm-hmm. i do not understand what it is going to take to get the ted cruises and the lindsey grahams and all the marshall Black, like all these people out mm-hmm. like do you I'm out of fucking loss. Yeah. I think that's part of what's so um, exhausting about this moment, too. I mean, this moment where every moment feels exhausting. But, um, you know, is it's honestly like I didn't watch. I I sort of monitored these hearings. I didn't watch them live like I have with the last couple because it's so hard to watch. It's hard to bear. I can't bear it. Um, You know, I watched the clips, but I was watching the coverage. But I just couldn't listen to like every single minute of Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and everyone like just disgusting. Um, and I, like you say, I mean, I really, I really don't understand how people in good faith can elect these like over and over, you know, elect Josh Hawley in Missouri and Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee. Um, her, her, by the way, it was like the, the all they were doing was like greatest hits of um culture culture war warfare um mm-hmm. platforming themselves like Marsha Blackburns was of course doing something alluding to weirdly like the trans issues by being like can you define woman oh my um, god can you define woman yes oh my god and Katanji was like I, I can't define it off the top of my head I'm not a biologist mm-hmm. <laughs> which was great um and she's like I you're the only Supreme Court Justice, I think, who couldn't define woman. It's like none of them were asked. None, none of the of other ones have asked. literally ever been asked because what the fuck is the point of that? What are you driving at? Nothing. They're Nothing. Just trying to find these like fake gotcha moments that'll resonate with like what they think are members of their base if they, you know, all you know, edit the video certain ways and you know. Ugh. Oh my god! And they got her to say that she would recuse herself from any upcoming cases on. Um, affirmative action I think like or maybe it's one specific case that's involving Harvard but I felt like it was a little bit broader than that I'd have to she's at least recusing herself from or has committed that if she were elect um, if she were approved um, appointed she would recuse herself from an upcoming case on affirmative action and it's like why why you know like her (sighs) it's unbelievable it's like if you are not a white man or arguably a white woman or conservative white woman vying for one of these seats like you have to really make some concessions and prove some weird fucking things to people yeah um it's it's very all right we'll let you be a supreme court justice even though you're not white but will you like show us that like you'll still like you know 
<laughs> Will you step away mm. from cases where we think you might vote in a way that, like, we don't agree with? Like, yeah. <laughs> can you, like, ignore your race, um, please, and your lived experience to make us more comfortable and cozy? I'd really appreciate that. Like, it really... Like, her being the first, you know, being the first black woman on the Supreme Court is an opportunity for another perspective. But it feels like through these questionings that the goal is to try and make that, uh, make the Supreme Court as white as possible and to, and as if, like, people of color are special interest groups that, you know, ooh, you must recuse yourself. Right. No, we're all just humans here, and uh, hmm. yeah, felt yeah. like there was a, a smidge of racism in the air. Oh yeah, oh yeah, more than a <laughs> heaving <laughs> dollop, a heaving dollop, gallons just permuting. And it's the thing is, like, there will be people if if and when she is a Supreme Court justice, who will say, "Well, we have a black woman on the Supreme Court, so we're." Oh post-racial and post-gender uh, it's like but how did her how did that go <laughs> what were the questions asked versus a Kavanaugh or versus you know yeah it's, not, it's, not it's gonna be I mean yeah no nope I just not the same thing <laughs> none but of it is the gee, same. I'm stoked about her though um, oh yeah I, I'm so I feel like before this we were both talking about how cool she seemed and how interested mm-hmm. we were in her and her background and she just like I think it's 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 rare for a person to have both the a deep 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 level of knowledge, know-how, intellect and charisma, poise. Yes. And she just fucking nailed it. Yeah. Um, the charisma element was like I just I loved listening to her talk about, you know, explain her cases, but then just mm-hmm. she seemed to really radiate like joy um and or like a, an enthusiasm for what she was doing and uh, yeah. yeah and, oh, and her daughter. Oh, the oh photo gosh. that captured her daughter looking <sighs> over at her with just this pride of her mother, and this—it uh, was so beautiful and wonderful. And um, the photographer who captured that photo um, is a woman of color, and she was actually speaking to the fact that this was normally at events she is the only person of color in the room, um, and she was wow. one of the only photographers of color in the room, and she captured that. And I think that's also just. Um, a a note to say that it diversity in the room matters. Like we this this photo that was captured is historic. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a part of American history for the rest of time. I think. And yeah. it, if she, this reporter wasn't in the room or this photographer, it wouldn't have happened. Um, but I think her daughter having that like pride and love for her mother also speaks volumes. Yes. Um, Yes. Uh, really touching and wonderful. And I hope my baby looks at me one day and is like, yeah. Uh, she will. Probably she not will. to that extent. But, uh. No. She, I mean, and also her husband, she, they mm-hmm. were able to marry because of a Supreme Court case because her yeah. husband's white and mm-hmm. thanks to Loving versus Virginia, you know. So it's all, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited for her to be on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we could duplicate her she's five more times (laughs) she's yeah she's so amazing and i hate that she had to sit through not that she had to sit through a confirmation because that's what you do but that she had to sit through this confirmation this yeah this was not this level of fucking trash these people are beneath her and she has to act like they're her fucking colleagues yeah and she did so with 
with grace and um you know which is commended but she shouldn't have to you know she shouldn't have to yeah she shouldn't have to like i wish she could have just eviscerated ted cruz after that <sighs> racist babies thing and you know it's like yeah. i felt like she was thinking about it she's like, i will continue to rise above as i have with these feeble babies for probably her entire life yeah um but uh, Cruz leave and Mitch McConnell like oh for God's sake God. yeah, I loved him when coming is out. he <laughs> retiring we'll when when he never will I mean death is gonna have to take him will it I don't think so I really feel like he, he might has be horcruxes every yeah. fucking where yeah there are at least three in his jowls oh yeah um, his like neck chin minimal he has them implanted there they're all yeah. over him he relishes being called the Grim Reaper. So. Oh, he loves it. He thinks it's... It's ugh. funny. His little laugh is fucking chilling. I, he ugh. is hell on earth. <sighs> I wish him a swift retirement. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. That's the nicest. That's mm-hmm. good for you. That is I just can't yep. speak thoughts. I can't speak my thoughts. Then just wish him a swift retirement. <laughs> I wish him a swift retirement. Just go enjoy your life with Elaine and uh, God, that woman. Oh my God. All these people from the Trump era. Anytime I'm reminded of them, it's just like, ew. They're still here. They're still around doing their things. We'll be back. Everything's. Oh my God. The world's in shambles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, (laughs) speaking of shambles. And now for We See You. Great. All right. <laughs> Tennessee. Child marriage. What do we have cooking? Wow. Wow. Um, wow. 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 Uh, speaking of caring about children, mm. uh, the GOP. Hmm. Oh. Feels like a facade because maybe they don't care about children. Um, so Republicans in the Tennessee state legislature wanted to ensure that gay people can't get married like straight people can because, <laughs> oh, no. Bad oh, things no. will happen. Wait, no, no bad things will happen. Evidence shows none will, but mm-hmm. here, here they go. Um, so they they set forth a couple of bills in the state house and Senate uh, trying to establish marriage between only a man and only a woman, but they didn't add an age of consent to this, um, which opens ah. up the state to child marriages assuming they're straight children of course oh my god <laughs> no this no gets worse kids. and worse yeah and so there's no um there is no age limit but there is they do outlaw marriages of incest so they it wasn't like they were just like all right we need to get this legislation done it needs to be between like someone born female and born male no they made things like oh no incest however child marriage still still on the table um (laughs) yeah so i it's weird because as we've mentioned in this very episode um (laughs) the gop is so worried about the children yeah they care oh they care about pedophilia and crimes against children and protect the children and no abortion because the children the children the children um but then they just sort of legalize child marriage (laughs) Whether they it was do? a whoopsie or not, um, and if it is a whoopsie, you are not trusted <laughs> to create any more bills, please. Yeah. yeah. If you're accidentally 
um, doing this, but it, it feels like the rights of children are a talking point. And in reality, they're willing to make the sacrifice of the rights of children um, as long as it denies rate, rights to gay people. Um, and I also feel like I remember some people spending years and years talking about how gay marriage is going to lead to child marriage. Mm. Yet, mm-hmm. here we have in Tennessee, <laughs> in an attempt to get rid of gay marriage, opening the door to child marriage. So it feels to me, it feels to me as if maybe the right never really cared about children. Mm-hmm. They just felt it was maybe a talking point that resonated with their base that maybe yeah. pulled well. Yeah. Then when it push comes to shove, Tennessee's out here, Tennessee around. Um, mm-hmm. So we see you. Um, this is so transparent and so awful. And yet here we are, Tennessee. <laughs> Good night. Good night. We see you. <laughs> to Tennessee only, not to everyone. We're, we have more. Right. Oh, there are more. There are <laughs> more coming. Oh, oh more. gosh. But yeah, we see you, Tennessee. That's some bullshit. That's Gay bullshit. marriage will lead to child marriage. You're just literally... It's a, mm. it's a it's self-fulfilling so, prophecy. It's you. so fucking frustrating. Yeah. So much hypocrisy all the time. Mm. It really is. Oh my goodness. All right. So a permanent fixture of We See You at this point has is Joe Manchin. Um, but the New York Times did um, a really in-depth reporting piece last week or the week before um, on his longstanding financial ties with the coal industry, specifically one um, one firm in West Virginia, where he has had a decades-long relationship and um, has often made um, decisions that affect his own personal bottom line. His his decisions as the governor of West Virginia and before that as a representative um, and now as a senator. Um, he makes decisions that enriches his, like, his pockets, um, and it's to advance coal power plants, specifically the Grandtown power plant in West Virginia. Um, his, uh, his stake in coal is a lot more than his salary as a Senator, um, up to three times the salary. Um, and he has over the last 20 to 25 years, he has made a lot of money protecting, um, coal, the coal plants in West Virginia, um, and sort of subtly making decisions um, that has allowed him to um, gain more power and more money. Um, he gets one percent of all revenue, for example, um, that uh, from the Grant Town Power Plant um, when they actually. I'm not going to get into all this. I tried to write all of this down because it's a whole thing about gob, like. He makes money because this Grant Town power plant is um, the only gob-burning power plant in West Virginia now. I think there were three when he started, like, in the 80s, and now there's only one, and it's the plant that he has a symbiotic relationship with. So, like, one can't exist without the other. Um, And gob is uh, the part of the coal that used to be um, 
discarded because it was not the usable part of part of the coal that was used for energy. But um, I think it was in the 80s, there was a way where they figured out, oh, actually, we can turn this into energy, um, just has to be done a different way. So this trash part of the coal became something that could actually be sneakily um, qualified as, um, quote, alternative energy source, um, even though it's still coal, which is like sneaky, um, but a problem that like doesn't even scratch the surface of Joe Manchin's um, corruption. Um, and as the author of the New York Times pointed out, he outlines the decades long symbiotic relationship. And, and he said, you know, this is not necessarily technically illegal. So I guess I'll, I'll bring that up just to say, like, this seems wildly unethical. Um, and the fact that he was able to manipulate different state regulators and different um, legislatures or le legislators um, over the last 20 years to um, just financially enrich himself, um, especially at the expense of environmental measures um, and at the expense of West Virginia households is super frustrating. I would just have people, you know, definitely read the article or listen to the daily because there's a daily that's just about this. Um, he also at one point um, was re responsible for higher energy rates in West Virginia. Um, and it was a huge, it was a huge change for consumers. Um, so he, he was the governor, um, used his power as the governor to get more, of a energy increase. Um, and that, that, in, that dollar for dollar increase was passed directly onto his constituents. And again, West Virginia is one of the poorest States in the nation. So this is all bad, 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 but then it really does lead up to the fact that last, it just, it makes what, what happened this year when basically he was responsible for killing the build back better plan, which included a lot of environmental, um, provisions. Uh, and it was really the, it really walks up to the line of being illegal, but it doesn't seem like it technically is. But I would say it is disgusting to me that the, a state that has so, like such a low population and um, this man who who stands to financially benefit continue in a continued long term way by by promoting um, coal coal energy um, and tamping down environmental regulations and uh just basically he is all about the the deregulation the coal industry letting them run amok um and doesn't you know he, he doesn't any any more actual government oversight and more um cracking down on emissions from power plants like that's all bad for him and for his bottom line personally that this one man was able to um thwart the build back better plan is disgusting and just makes me so 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 upset he's so entwined with um with the state and with coal energy and and he's so uh he stood there and basically said it was about the economy and about um he, he was able to use uh the debt and inflation um fears as an excuse but um i think like i, I don't really know how he sleeps at night in terms of, I mean, the ethics of this are really gross. And I really, really wish that if we can't, um, you know, we, we can't really beat Joe Manchin. He's a Democrat in West Virginia and there's nothing we can really do about him in this moment. But really what we need to do then is change the ethics requirements so that there isn't this, it is, it should be absolutely illegal for you to be able to, um, 
create a symbiotic relationship where you get to thwart, you know, other people for your own financial gain and other companies and uh, lobby Congress for something that is literally just like explicitly benefiting you and the selfishness of this. It's just the impact and the widespread impact of not being able to pass Build Back Better. It's just, it's a wild story and um, I hate him. Um, We see you. (laughs) He is... Yeah. thorn in my paw <laughs> yeah <laughs> to put it lightly he really has mm, yeah, yeah. Really mm-hmm. ruined a lot of things irreparably all right yeah madison cawthorn <laughs> the shittiest shit that ever shit in um awful. yeah so he had some things to say mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and i quote oh gosh these are his opinions I can't wait. (laughs) Your left-wing movement is forcing children to endure radical expressions of sexuality, and yet you can't even define what a woman is. You might amend a bill, but you never amend biology. Science is not Burger King. You can't just have it your way. Take notes, Madam Speaker. I'm about to define what a woman is for you. XX chromosomes, no tallywhacker. It's so simple. Wow. Is it? Also, tallywhacker, is that... A term for penis we've been using? Uh, who? Mm, uh, okay. Tally. Yeah, he's a tally worker. So obviously, wildly transphobic shit he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, also, completely false. Um, the thing is, there isn't this uh, perfect correlation between chromosomes and genitals, uh, let alone gender. Um People are intersex. Not everyone has XX or XY chromosomes. Not everyone with XX chromosomes has a vagina. And then outside of that, even if you have XX chromosomes and a vagina, if you don't identify as a woman, you are not a woman. And science actually, guess what? Backs this up. Um, Yeah. So it's almost like he's wrong in every single way. He's going (laughs) about trying to explain this. Um, yeah, so regardless of your chromosomes, uh, your chromosomes don't dictate your gender. Um, they don't even necessarily dictate your sex. So one thing that someone said um, in a comment that I thought was really funny and also very appropriate and accurate is when someone like Cawthorn says it's simple, we should translate that as I have a very simplistic understanding, um, which I think is hitting the nail on the head here he's not mm-hmm. he he's not a biologist he <laughs> clearly ha- doesn't even have an understanding of the basic science in 2022 around this mm-hmm. um it's not understanding that people are trans and that that is valid mm-hmm. i mean one just be a human being and have empathy and you know just be like okay this is who you are great that's who you are end of it Right. But if you need to be, I need science to back this up before I believe it, science does um, does back it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, science does support the fact that trans people are trans. Um, the fact that we even have to say that out loud is a little bit bonkers, but people like Cawthorn coming in and saying biology is simple. I feel like I see this on like Facebook comments and the internet where it's mm-hmm. biology is simple. Biology simple. Actually, biology isn't that isn't super simple. Yeah. Um, and it's not saying what you're saying. It's saying. Um, 
So no, I'm just, I'm tired of people saying it's science to yeah. back up like positions of bigotry, ignorance, where there actually isn't any science behind it. Yeah. Um, and this guy, he's a, a frequent flyer in our WeCU program um, yeah. because he's a real piece of shit. So we see you to Madison <laughs> Cawthorn. <laughs> um, yeah, science is not Burger King. You can't just have it your way, Madison. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. Uh, With your so whopper of a lie. <laughs> what? Woo! Oh, we see you to him. We see you. Tra- trash human through and through. Really Ugh. the worst of the worst. Yeah. Well, hopping over to another terrible, terrible person who has a lot of power and has had a lot of power for a long time. Ginny Thomas, who is the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she is, she's off her rocker. She's, she's wild. Um, There's been a lot that's been reported recently, but um, Mark Joseph Stern, who writes for Slate, has written about her and has had her on his radar for years. And so anyone who wants kind of a deep dive, check out Mark Joseph Stern because he has been like sounding the alarm. He'll say occasionally like, by the way, this is what Ginny Thomas just like posted on Facebook publicly like today, you know, and it's, it was like before the January 6th commission or, or this January 6th riots. And it was alarming at the time. And it was troubling that, you know, I think anyway, well, let's get to what, you know, part of what she did. She's had a lot of, she's had a lot of power for a long time in DC. Um, and she runs a very successful, um, consulting firm where she, a conservative firm where she is sort of like a power broker. Um, and, uh, recently a lot of text messages between, um, her and Mark Meadows, uh, Trump's chief of staff, uh, show that she directly advised the White House in trying to reverse election results um, when it had to do with uh, and she was she was encouraging the January 6th commission and like involved um, and her involvement is clear through these texts. So in the weeks between the 22, this is from the New York Times, in the weeks between the 2020 presidential election and the January 6th attack at the Capitol, Ginny Thomas sent a barrage of text messages imploring Trump's chief of staff to take steps to overturn the vote. Um, One text said, release the Kraken and save us from the left taking America down. Um, She said, like, we can't, um, I can't see Americans swallowing the obvious fraud, just going with one more thing with no frickin' consequences. We can, uh, we just cave to people wanting Biden to be anointed. Many of us can't continue the GOP charade. Um, it's and she suggests at one point that we should like have Biden sent to Guantanamo Bay. It's just like really weird. It's like the worst of the worst Facebook Karen, you know, just vitriol. And um so it's just it's really scary that um she also by the way poor punctuation and just um really seeming like to push things that are pushed by QAnon and different debunked conspiracy theories. She calls the election a heist. Um, and yeah, she's just, it's, uh, it's really scary. Her level of involvement here. Um, her texts also suggest she was in contact with Jared Kushner, um, Sidney Powell, the lawyer advising Trump. Um, and uh, it, so her involvement here is pretty deep. Um, she 
I'm not finding I have like a tab with her. Um, oh, her consulting firm boasts that it can quote open any door in Washington. Um, she has been instrumental in different um, careers of different GOP geo peers in Trump's orbit. Um, it's really odd actually that she, ha- I mean, I guess it's not odd, but it seems like such a massive conflict of in, um, interest for her to be able to kind of be wielding the power she wields while her husband is on the highest court in the land. There's got to yeah. be some <laughs> separation there. Also, just separately, I question, I mean, I already, of course, loathe um, Clarence Thomas, but I really Wait, question. <laughs> <laughs> I really question his, like, his um, integrity and just, like, how he could be as a person to be married to this woman that, who who isn't interested in fact-based anything. Right. It's not like, oh, you guys have, like differences like you like to vacation here and you like to vacation here and you no, it's yeah it's like crazy basic human rationality shit and she i think like i i would absolutely not believe i find it very like pushing the bounds of like reality to suggest that she's not discussing and they are not discussing things as a couple like the cases and what she's involved with and it's just absolutely disgusting so you know a majority of Americans from a few different polls, like including one from CNN today, said that they think, you know, Clarence Thomas should recuse himself from cases related to the 2020 election um, because fucking duh. And especially if we were just made, um, you know, Katanji Brown Jackson say that she'll recuse herself from something where she was just on the board of one, mm-hmm. of a school that included an anti-racist baby book. Jesus Christ. Like, oh absolutely, God. this man needs to recuse himself. I really think he needs to resign. I think that, like, his entanglement with these con- wild conspiracy theorists and, you know, among other things, I think he never should have been on the court, obviously, um, just as for Anita Hill. Um, but mm-hmm. one other thing about Jenny Thomas, again, questioning – like the fact that Clarence Thomas could be, could like be with this woman. And I realize like this, maybe this tenor like sounds a little ugly, but I do think it's kind of relevant that it turns out that she was actually, Jenny Thomas was actually in a cult for a while in the eighties. And then she, and there's like footage of her talking about um, when she was able to get out of the cult. Um, she, cause she was in, the cult was called life spring. And then in 1987, she was speaking at an, um, at an event um talking about like how hard it is to get out of a cult but it feels like then basically what the guy who said that he ran the um he ran the awareness group that she was a part of and that's how the video um got out his name's Stephen Hassan on Twitter and he's at cult expert (laughs) um he uh he said that basically what it seemed like was unfortunately she took all that energy and sort of that like she was inclined to kind of be looking for something else that's kind of like a cult and she found the GOP and she's put all of her energy and her life into sort of like the engine that is kind of the cult of the GOP. So I think it is like all this is relevant. Um, And I think these people are, I don't know, pernicious stains on the country. Is that going too far? I don't know. Uh, We see you, Jenny Thomas. (laughs) We fucking see you. (laughs) No, she is. She's a spooky, spooky broad. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's like no. I in general, I don't think you should be held to your spouse's opinions. However, when they're that extreme, you mm-hmm. should. 
And if you're a Supreme Court justice and they're that extreme, you absolutely need to recuse your fucking self. Right. Um, yeah, no, very, very, very culty vibes from from that uh, individual uh, for sure. For sure, for sure. Moving to Oklahoma. Oh. Um, Yuck. Yep. Uh, so the Oklahoma House um, gave approval to a bill that would make performing an abortion a felony, which would be punishable um, by up to 10 years in prison, which is wildly strict, even when looking at the United States and some of our strict abortion laws in certain um, states. So there was no debate, and the Republican-controlled House voted 70 to 14 uh, to send the bill to the governor, Kevin Stitt, (laughs) who I think we've mentioned um, because he has said previously that he'd sign any anti-abortion bill that comes to his desk. Shocking. Which is, no matter what your beliefs are, saying you'd sign any X that comes to your desk is so inappropriate, irresponsible, and awful. Like So much nuance, Mr. Shitty Stitty. <laughs> right? Like, I am obviously wildly pro-choice, but I wouldn't even say I would sign any – I mean, I don't have any bills coming to my desk, but, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't sign any pro-choice because who knows, you know? You, you can't mm-hmm. make those sweeping generalizations, and when you make them for anti-abortion bills, you know, it's incredibly scary. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of – this bill is one of – a couple or a few that are still going in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma's legislature, um, which is part of a larger national um, state by state, but national effort to pass anti-abortion legislation. And of course we know what's going on in the Supreme court mm. and the potential um, Roe v. Wade overturning. So the Oklahoma bill um, does make an exception if it's perf- if the abortion is performed to save the life of the mother, which I'm only saying to be transparent and to give mm-hmm. the full information, I mean, yeah. I I would it would be f- going far to say I'm glad that they have that in there, but I mean, I guess at right. least like the bar's so low. I mean, the bar's so fucking low, and they often because that's the thing is sometimes when they make these legislation, uh, they don't have that in there, and then right. You're and even with, with this, though, it's like who decides, you know, what a medical mm-hmm. emergency is, you know? Exactly. And will doctors be afraid enough to – yeah, it's not – it's not – it's bad no matter how you slice it. Yeah. Um, and then there's a another thing that the Oklahoma House did related uh, to this. They adopted a resolution um, to recognize what they describe as lives lost due to abortion and to urge citizens to fly flags at half-staff on January 22nd, the day the U.S. Supreme Court legalized abortion um, in Roe v. Wade. Mm. So not only is Oklahoma um, moving to have basically the most restrictive abortion laws in the entire country they also want to make this holiday where you fly flags at half staff um unbelievable yeah it's so disgusting and red states are trying to restrict abortion pills as well like there's they're doing all they can do they're doing all they can do and it's um yeah, it's it's 
I feel like I can say all the words I can say, but like as we see these things coming to light and these bills and these legislatures making these decisions and side-eyeing the Supreme Court and waiting for what they're going to do, um, it's it's pretty terrifying, not only for what would be imminently threatened, but for what it says for women's rights down the line. Mm-hmm. Um it's yeah it's heartbreaking it's terrifying it's disgusting and it's supposed to be 2022 yet one more issue where we're like all right here we are i guess so i see you we see you to the oklahoma um house and legislature for these awful things because when you make uh abortion illegal you're just making it illegal for certain people yeah um or really making it dangerous for certain people so yeah we see you and I, yeah it's like i don't don't even ha- i don't have enough to say on this you know it's uh, i know i feel the the, the rage is really ever present and so um it's gonna like i you know i'm gonna have to like <laughs> i'm trying to basically like prep you know for when mm-hmm. roe v wade is overturned you know I... just mentally because yeah, but I don't think that, like, I don't want to, like, get into a whole tangent when, we, when we're wrapping up the episode, but, like, I don't know if, like, the men in my life understand that this is happening. Yeah. And I have a daughter now, and even when I didn't have a daughter, like, it's, yeah. I don't know if the, um, the, the depth of this decision, the ramifications of this decision are really being felt right now, and people yeah. are really understanding by people, I mean boys. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, including like allies in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like I get it. And it makes me no. feel like I'm going a little bit insane. But it's yeah. really terrifying. And yeah, now that I have a daughter, I'm even extra, extra scared about it, you know? Yeah. And what that means. And, you know, you think when you bring someone to this world, it's going to be a more progressive world. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be because, you know, I had her after Trump. But um <laughs> Yeah, it's really scary, and it it really like even for like liberal for any of you listening, <sighs> for liberal boys in our lives, like it's it's terrifying, and I don't think y'all understand like this is probably happening, and what yeah. it's gonna mean, right? What it's gonna mean? I mean, for the women in your lives, um, but people you don't know also for you know the human empathy's sake, um, but also yeah, for there your are daughters, also women that you're not related to out there. <laughs> I know, like you know they have there's somebody's daughter or somebody's wife, somebody, you know, that's the only way some people can like get it around, wrap it around their brains around the concept. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I mean, I really, this, we're talking about like your child and hopefully I'll have kids, but uh, like, like basically our children will have less rights than their mothers and their grandmothers. And that is appalling. And honestly, the rage, like, I started to think about, I mean, I am worried that I will be so upset that I will like fucking call people out by name. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that, like, this is so dumb, <laughs> but it's like, you kind of, sometimes we think in like Instagram posts or in, in social media terms, like how would I articulate this in a story or in a, in a post on Facebook just, to, or I mean, not, I don't have Facebook, but like on Instagram basically where, how would I air this like the day of when I'm feeling raw and upset? And of course people with restraint probably would say don't say anything and I will be like burn it all down I want to like name you know the the women the women specifically who voted for Trump 
who knew, you know, and like the women who voted for Trump who had had, had abortions. Like, yep, plenty of them. We know them. Not thinking about that, but deciding like their racism is more important. Yeah. I mean, there's such a level of self selfishness and ignorance there. Uh, and the women who said, I'm, I, I know I'm not voting for Hillary. And if I did vote for Trump, it would be because of the court. This is the court. This is exactly what you meant. This is what you meant. You're getting what you wanted. And I will never forgive you. I will never forget the people that said that. I, no. I know, you know, we know who you are. You know who you are. I hope you're happy with yourself and with the situation that you fucked up for generations to come in this country. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't think it would impact me. <laughs> God. God. And a lot of these women would consider themselves feminists, and we can get into this on a different day, too, because we are supposed to be rapping. Um, <laughs> but well, yeah, um, we're close. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know, but this topic just, like, sends me. Uh, but And mm-hmm. you, and, uh, like, I mean, but I just... It's our rights as human beings. Right. 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 Exactly. Quite and, literally, and it feels surreal that they could be taken away. It feels surreal. And they and probably will be. As people who identify, you know, our, our podcast is called Feminist Without Mystique. And I was just um, editing a podcast called Battle Fatigue, which everyone should check out. Um, but, you know, conflict, I, I edit it. But like they were saying, um, they were basically like feminism is a food desert, basically for like talking about how white women are like the um, – white feminism is a food desert for everyone else. And I honestly think like part of that is it was tough to hear because I'm sure there's elements. I mean, I know there are elements that just, we all have to be better at, but I think the pinnacle of that is like people who white feminists who would consider themselves feminists who voted for Trump. Yeah, Like, you no, you can't be a feminist. and have voted for Trump. You no. can't, you can't be any, any version. No, nope. doesn't <laughs> um, hold up. It doesn't, and it's. I don't know if you are if they're gonna realize, like, oh shoot, I voted under the assumption. Like, I think that some people live in a reality in which they don't believe that certain rights can be taken away, and they don't believe that certain things can happen mm-hmm. to them. Um, and I think that they're we're all in for a rude awakening. Um, it's not looking good. It's not. It's not. Okay, gotta wrap. I have somebody that's like, uh, we'll talk about it. We'll <laughs> get into next it. Next week, our topic because Jeez. I think, yeah, I think we both have a lot to, <laughs> to say about this. that. Rolling really, is coming. It is, and it's it, it's terrifying. And um, yeah, I don't, I to no one's discredit, I don't think you'll understand exactly what's going on because there is so much going on. Yeah, there's so many ways to divert your attention, and so many awful things truly happening that, you know, I don't blame anyone for not knowing exactly what's going on around this, but it is happening, and it's incredibly scary. And, um, we could be looking at, like you said, like a future where our children have significantly like less rights than we do. Yeah, and that is not what you want as a human being or a parent. Um, and no. it's, yeah, it's scary. It's really scary and it's really devastating and yeah, it's all of the bad things. Well, I'll wrap with my final we see you and I'll keep it super brief because it doesn't even fucking deserve the air. Um, The Grammys awarded Louis C.K. Best Comedy (sighs) Album. (laughs) Yeah. Um, In this comedy album, he addresses his sexual misconduct and makes light of it and jokes about it. 
Um, so, uh, this is fucking fucked. Um, and also the degree of whining that we've all had to endure from men who are like, cancel culture. I'm being silenced. It's like, first of all, he's selling out. Like, obviously there's no real, he's, he, he barely went away for like a minute and now he's back selling out crowds because mm-hmm. there's, you know, and he is joking about these sexual, um, his misconduct, his sexual misconduct. If you need reminding, he is one of the people who jerked off in front of female comedians, like in front of them. Fuck yeah, you. That worked for him. That worked for him. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. Workplace misconduct. seems like so long ago. Um, so yeah, I just want to call out the, um, sadly not canceled because it doesn't, it's not a real fucking thing, especially not with male comedians like Louis CK. Um, certainly not canceled and actually being elevated for best comedy album. Um, I, I just, I don't know what to say about that except that it's just deeply, deeply upsetting and fuck that. (laughs) We see you to the Grammys. Yeah, we see you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it would be one thing if he had like a genuine apology and he never has. and therapy. He's never done that. He's never done no. that. No. Not even the slightest. No, he was just like mm. <sighs> no, no. Yeah. No, we fucking see you. Um a good thing. <laughs> Let me change yeah. my tone of voice. Yeah. <laughs> a good thing. Um Chris Smalls. Uh there's now an Amazon labor union. Yay. Okay. Yeah. All yay. right, all right, all right. Um very like an unexpected, dramatic, like one of those those wins where you're like, oh, thank God. You know, because yeah. ta- I feel like we often talk about shitty awful things that are happening because they're happening mm-hmm. um, and we are chatting about reality and we wish uh it was better but it's not we do wish we do wish but this is one of those stories where you're like okay all right good prevailed yeah yes <laughs> um so he uh chris was fired from his job at uh the amazon warehouse on staten island mm-hmm. in 2020 um, which was the same day that he had organized a walkout um, because of safety conditions at that warehouse. Um, anywho, long story short, he he said he felt like a, a fire was lit under him. He unionized his building. And it has been so challenging for Amazon employees to unionize because of Amazon, basically. Um, I was talking to uh, one of my staff who used to work at Amazon she's on the admin team and she used to work in Amazon warehouses and she literally she's like I was there one day and nope my soul left my body and I had to I had to leave um they really don't treat their employees well and they are yeah and they're they're known for kind of stifling unions uh, and things like that um and there's this thing that's been going viral um, about how it's like, oh, when you were going to space, oh, we were unionizing. That's great. Um, so it it is a big it is a big win. It's something I was so happy to see when the news came out because um, it does make you feel like okay, human beings do have some power, and you because know, you look at things like fucking Putin and this one man mm-hmm. having so much agency. Yeah. And this agency being so, so, so dangerous and awful. 
that when you see the flip side of it, one man having agency and inspiring and unionizing and making positive change, it reminds you there is a balance. Maybe it'll be okay. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know, but uh, so that that's kind of how I feel about the Chris Small thing is it it gives me a little bit of faith that we yeah. have enough work going in the right direction. Um, and it is a big, a big win for those workers at those warehouses who are entitled to their protections and their safety. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I feel like sometimes for a good thing, we're like scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah. trying to find something, but this is one I feel like we were both like genuinely really excited um, to yes. see because we've seen Amazon um, workers attempt to unionize and being, you know, thrown, squashed. <laughs> yeah, squashed essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chris Smalls didn't have the odds in his favor, um, but now we've got a union. And if he did, you know, it sometimes it takes the first one, and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe this is the beginning of like some positive change. And yeah. and maybe it's not, but I'm gonna <laughs> hope it is. Because we hope this that is it the is. Good thing section, Maria. This is the so. good. You know, I love that his name, his last name is Smalls. It's like small, yeah. big, big guy versus little guy, and yeah, David and Goliath, won. like. Yeah. A classic story, but ending in a way that doesn't make me cry, which is really yeah, rare, rare nowadays <laughs> when it comes to the news. Um, so rare. Yeah. Uh, so, yay. yay. Yay to Chris. And um, also, like, what a brave guy to go up yeah. against all that. And awesome for everyone who, like, got behind him and just, like, yes, workers. Cool. Yes. Uh, Boo Amazon, even though I literally ordered something from it yesterday. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> am a hypocrite. However, however, they should definitely have union. Like, hey, if it was a, if it was a place that allowed unions and gave all their workers like a living wage, and you know, then I wouldn't feel as bad about using it. You know, mm-hmm. they could, and it would be fine. They could. That's the thing. That's the thing. They could. They could. They choose not to. They'd still make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But yay, small. Yay. <laughs> Not to get distracted from the good I know, thing. I know, I <laughs> know. We just end up being like, but it's awful. Uh, all right, well, that was a spicy one. Woo, uh, woo, woo. woo. Um, Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast.